please stop staring. They're just girls. It's nothing you haven't seen in movies or in drawings. Hey, Stuart. Well, what brings you guys here? We were looking for a recommendation about comic books. Oh, well, I recommend you don't open a store and sell them. No, we were just wondering why the guys like this stuff so much, so we thought we'd give it a try. Oh, okay. What do you think you might be into? Superhero, fantasy, graphic novels, manga? I swear I will turn a hose on you. What kind of comics do the guys like? Um, a little bit of everything. Mostly superhero stuff. All right, well, who's the best superhero? <laughs> can't ask a question like that in here. Are you trying to start a rumble? Well, what do you recommend? Well, uh, let's see. You've got your basic clean-cut good guys, Superman, Spider-Man, Captain America. Then you have your darker anti-heroes, your Batman, your Wolverine, Punisher. Ooh, I do love a bad boy. As evidenced by your boyfriend and his fear of hamsters. If I were you, I'd go for Fables number one. The artwork is sophisticated, it's intelligently written, and it doesn't objectify or stereotype women. Oh, Thor, he's hot. <laughs> yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> Podcast. I am Christopher Maverick. You can call me Mav, and I am finally once again back here with Wayne Wise. Hey, Wayne. Hey, Mav. Sorry, I've missed the last couple. Oh, you missed all the serious shows, and you come back for the fun one. Yeah, I'm, I'm too goofy <laughs> for the serious stuff. <laughs> Well, so after having a couple of weeks of really, really heavy topics, we decided to do something fun. And one of the reasons you weren't here was because you were suddenly really busy. You mentioned on the show a couple weeks ago that at the very last minute, even more last minute than I was picked, you got picked to teach a class on comics. Yeah, I got the opportunity to teach uh, the graphic novel in the English literature department at the University of Pittsburgh. Introductory course. Someone had designed it last spring and offered it and they had 35 students signed up and they had a classroom scheduled and a month before class started, that person dropped out of it. And I'd been throwing my name over there for quite some time now, laying the groundwork for this and it just, it came together this time. But yeah, I had three weeks to design the class and during that three weeks, I also went to California for a week and and had my car totaled. So I, 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 yeah, and everybody was okay, but uh, my, my car was totaled in an accident. Uh, literally the day before I got the, like 12 hours before I got the official go ahead for the class. So that was an eventful day. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I skipped the last couple just because I was busy and incredibly stressed for a while. So, but everything is, <laughs> has worked out since then. And the week before you found out you were teaching a class in comics, I found out I was teaching a class in comics, which I'd taught before, but it had been a couple of years. So we were both at the last minute scrambling to do our syllabi. And at the same time, I had people just randomly asking me, as I do always, and I'm sure Mm -hmm. you do always, hey, what comics should I read? What are good comics? That's essentially my job most of the week is answering that question. (laughs) So it turns out we know a lot of people. If you've listened to the show before, you know that we talk about comic books a lot. And we know a lot of people who teach comics. And we haven't done a comic show in a while. So... 
we thought we'd do something different rather than having some serious issue like racism or sexism would, or, well, I guess one show was monsters, but the, like the last six weeks have all been really, really serious topics. We thought we'd invite on some of our friends who teach comics for a living in some capacity or another. And we would live on the air design a class in comics so that if you were to take a class on comics, what would you teach? Yeah. So let's see. Who have we got here today? We've got a full house. Yeah. We have the Justice League of Comics educators. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like not one of them is going to complain about being called that. <laughs> uh, the first person is Nicole Freem, who's been on the show before. Hi, Nicole. You're back. Hi, hey, Nicole. Mav. And I guess that makes me Wonder Woman since I'm the token. Yeah. Can you be the secretary? <laughs> Damn it. That means I have to be, well, I guess depending on whether it's a comic or it's a, I'm either Black Lightning or Black Falcon. I can be John, John Stewart, Green Lantern. I suppose. What about the Mr. Terrific? <laughs> or Cyborg Ooh. in the film universe. Yeah. Cyborg. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can be anybody. <laughs> no, must be nice to be a white guy. See, we're, see, we're, we're making uh, it socially relevant. <laughs> 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 Oh, so Nicole, you're back. And we also have, now this is going to be interesting. We have Joe Dorowski. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the show. Yeah. If Joe sounds familiar and the name Joe Dorowski sounds familiar, it's because he has not been on the show, but on the very first episode, his brother, John Dorowski, was on the show. Similar sounding names, not the same person. No, we are separate entities. <laughs> I was so excited when he told me Joe Dorowski was going to be on this show. I was thinking the filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's my understanding that there are 147 Dorowski siblings somewhere around there. <laughs> I am the middle of seven children. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so if you have your own super team, you're just guest starring yeah. on ours. <laughs> Joe is the is the host of a podcast that I love called The Protagonist Podcast, which I've been on. And the best part about his show is literally if he's stuck for a guest, he just calls a sibling and, and can work through that. <laughs> Um, it is it is my intention to at some point collect the entire Dorowski set and have them all on this show because it's <laughs> a worthy goal. That would be fun. <laughs> have they all been on your show? Is every single person? Uh, let's see. No, there's two that haven't yet. I bet their feeling was so left out, and just... <laughs> and you just booked next week and the week after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, and next is. Chris Gavaller. You got it. Ha ha. I did it right. <laughs> I learned how to pronounce that. And now Chris is interesting. Wayne and I both know Chris and Chris is interesting because he has not been on this show before, but he essentially was in that this show is based around when we were on a panel yeah. with Chris, <laughs> which is how we met him. <laughs> so that was your unaired pilot. Yeah. Well, Chris, what's your background here? Yeah, I teach it on teach comics, so I teach creative writing and um, fiction at uh, Washington and Lee University, and I, I've i been doing comics off and on for several years now. I actually, I'm not teaching comics this semester. Well, I guess I teach it every semester. I've got a freshman um, first year writing <laughs> seminar called Superheroes, and it always has a selection of, of comics on it. Uh, and next semester in winter, I'm going to be creating a new course, um, probably just called Graphic Narratives, uh, and so I'm actually in the process of designing that right now. Oh, we'll get so. that done for you. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Half this show is just me like doing dissertation research on the air. And then <laughs> so and finally, we have this is a late addition to the panel because finally. I met him earlier. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. That was that was that was very, you know. 
radio announcery. I like that. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. With Dave so Lewis. Uh, hello. <laughs> hello, hey, podcast world. Hello. Now, Dave, I've never met you before, but you're a friend of Nicole's and she recommended you because you have a, like most of us are comics lit nerds, but you're a, a little different. What do you do? I am. I'm, I'm a little different. Well, I'm also a comic lit nerd at, at heart, certainly. Um, uh, but in addition to also writing some comic books and graphic novels, I'm also pretty involved in uh, comic studies. I uh, got to be one of the uh, founding members of the executive board of the Comics uh, Studies Society. So when I'm not doing that and I'm not writing Kismet Man of Fate... Uh, for uh, a wave blue world uh, small press publisher, uh, yeah, I'm I'm studying uh, the works along with uh, with you folks. So I've encountered this issue before. What is there a comics canon? Should there be a comics canon? What do I hell do I put on my syllabus? What's the bookstore going to order? So uh, I I thought I would uh, belly up to the bar with y'all. Yeah, that should be fun. Well, so. And you asked me this question when I spoke with you, uh, when I was texting with you earlier today, is is this about deciding the canon? And uh, Dave and I were speaking. So I have problems with the concept of canon in general, as I think they are, they are largely useless. They are variable. And as Dave said, they are essentially an exercise in hegemony. And it's probably not a good idea, but we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Because again, why not? When I was doing some, some research into this, I've been thinking about doing this class for a while. And, you know, I said I had three weeks to design this class. To be fair, I have a friend who has taught this class at Pitt who gave me all his material. So I had something to, to build from. You also had like 54 years of thinking about it. I've been thinking about doing this for my entire life. Right. (laughs) So, you know, he had a book list that I kept about half of and then tweak the rest of it more toward my interest and the types of things I wanted to do. So it's not like I just built this from whole cloth. So Mav and I were talking about this. When I was doing research for this and looking at you know, comics class syllabus from around the country, just Google searching and coming up with it, what I seemed to find more often than not was there were those four, five, six canonical books that seemed to be on every syllabus I looked at. And then the rest of the syllabus was, oh, this is what this person likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that kind of describes what my syllabus ended up being <laughs> <laughs> well so let's start there just because i think our goal here should be what kind of comics class are we teaching and i'm not sure yet and then we should decide well given that we're teaching that kind of class what should we put on it so first and this comes from someone asked me recently if i wanted to get into comics what should i read and i was like well it depends on what you're interested in he said if you were going to be a comic book major which, you know, I guess everybody here is, what would be the books that you should really read? And how would you do that? And I said, well, I said much what Wayne said, it depends on who you ask. And then I said, no one gets into this field without reading Watchmen, Persepolis, Mouse, and Fun Home. (laughs) (laughs) And then I said, and realistically, you could maybe skip one of them long as it's not Watchmen. (laughs) <laughs> and that started a discussion because somebody said well isn't mouse better and i said yes actually mouse is better i actually do like mouse better as a book than watchman but i think you could not read mouse it would be a mistake i think you could not read fun home it would be a mistake i think you could not read persepolis it would be a mistake i feel like watchman's just on everyone's list for better or worse because of the time thing and because of its historic significance and a lot of reasons which don't necessarily make it the best but i feel like 
those four books at least, and in particular that one, are on everyone's syllabus ever. And I, I think because of the the just preponderance of the superhero genre in American comics, you have yeah. to address that. No. So I find that I've got sort of two different syllabi here. One is explicitly superhero comics, and then the other one, I guess arbitrarily, but I think reasonably, uh, eliminates all superheroes entirely. And I think that's a fair way to do that, too. And I think that's the only way you can get rid of Watchmen, too. Yeah. If this course is comics that aren't superheroes, then yeah, absolutely, you can get rid of Watchmen. <laughs> but I think that you have to explicitly make that statement, which I, I think is actually an interesting yeah. course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we're already yes. we're already kind of threading the needle, right, between what's necessary and what's good. Yeah. Because the two don't always overlap. And I mean, as as an educator, you feel some responsibility that like, wow, I can't pass this kid unless he knows something about X, right? Yeah. And so you feel like there are these fundamental texts that you have to touch, even if you don't necessarily love them, even if you're bored with them, or <laughs> if you think there's better stuff, but that you're somehow less responsible hey, for. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is there a difference sure. between, yeah. and this is one of the questions I've been asking myself, a difference between a comics course and a comics history course? I think so. Yeah. Because when you say the word <laughs> yeah, necessary, yeah. Yes. you know, so like I've got a chapter in a um, book I published last year. It's uh, it's called Superhero Comics. Can't be more direct than that. And in that, I try mm-hmm. to come up with the um, 24 most historically significant superhero comics. That was a completely different mm-hmm. exercise than the one I'm doing. Yeah. Right. That sounds like a future episode go. of this podcast. Yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> the, the class I taught prior to this at Chatham University was that. It was a, a comics history and pop culture class where I just kind of started early 20th century with magazine publishing and comic strips and brought it up to the the present and and traced the movements in, in comics. I kind of broke it down by decade and talked about the issues that were going on in that decade, how comics reflected that and influenced that and, and used comics as a, a springboard to talk about socialism and the Red Scare and censorship and the civil rights movement and hippies and and the direct market, and you know, whatever was going on. But really, you're doing a history of the 20th century yeah, more than anything. Right, right, through the lens of comics. Absolutely. Although that kind of gets at, at Joe's book series, because yours looks at individual stories sort of situated historically. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I edit um, a series called The Ages of Superheroes. And so like The Ages of Superman, each chapter looks at a Superman story, but only like contained within when it was published and looks at what issues we're going on within society that you can find reflected in, oh, that's good. in the story right then. So why is this the Superman we have in the 1950s? And then later on, you read about why this is the Superman mm-hmm. we have in the 80s. Well, you know, I want to be on the list of people you approach for one of those books. <laughs> well, if you have any <laughs> thoughts about Black Panther? Actually, I just am on that list. So yeah. I, have to, I have to remember finished writing because uh, I actually did start that like yeah. two months ago and then I, I'm, I, I've written a page for you so I will get back to that I, I just wrote the official world book entry for the Black Panther in May so okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's the next one I'm working on right now so when's the deadline yeah, we'll, to throw that out well, uh, we can we talk after like the deadline for for proposals has passed but I can still squeeze some in if it okay. fits the, the cracks yeah. you know of what, what's we'll, not we'll, covered we'll talk after <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, the show devolves. It's great. <laughs> so, no, but well, but I think that question, which I see now that we've gone all over on the, I think Chris said it originally. So, what kind of class is this? Are we doing 
a history class. So right now, Wayne, you're teaching, well, the graphic novel as a form of literature. Yeah. That, is the, that is the thesis for your class. Yeah, yeah, You've also cool. done one that is the history class. Mm-hmm. I'm currently doing sexuality and gender in comics. Mm-hmm. Chris, I know you've done the history of superheroes right. specifically. And that's been, um, and I've, and I'm stepping away from that. And so the new course I'm designing, I'm not really interested in a historical lens at all. And I'm finding I'm overwhelmingly stacking it with um, 21st century um, graphic novels. And I'm quite happy with that, okay. it turns out. The weird thing about when you do the historical approach is, you know, you're simply looking for lenses to study the, um, the cultural moments which oddly means you're not concerned necessarily at all with the actual literary or artistic quality of the comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and in fact, especially some of the stuff that I, that I teach right now, even for sexuality and comic, much to the dismay of my students can yeah. be positively yeah. awful. I, yeah. I, I yeah. some really bad books and I know yeah. that I'm doing that. And then they ask me, why do you like this? And I go, I don't. What do yeah. you, when you mentioned <laughs> history, when you mentioned the history of comics, I had, you know, a, a several uh, titles that came to mind, but even as they did, I realized they're not very exactly good. <laughs> like uh, I felt like it's important to highlight the issues of amazing Spider-Man that didn't have right. the comics code authority because it was dealing with drug right. material. Mm-hmm. But, that's not really a great read. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to like, uh, maybe this is a little like heretical to say, but the, uh, while we're on the subject of Spider-Man, the all black mm-hmm. issue to commemorate yeah. 9-11, uh, oh, it's, the 9/11. Yeah. it's not actually a very good <laughs> no, issue. Not. No, nothing happens. It's a pointless story. It's just that everyone's but sad. Dr. Doom it's cried. Just, yeah. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the, the comics that do catch, historical moments in my experience haven't don't align with well is this the best mm-hmm. of the right. medium i was going to throw out that i'm i mean i'm trying to design a comics class sort of an intro to comics class and one of the things i was considering was not so much which are the great comic books but more sort of do i want to pull a superhero? Do I want to pull a memoir? Do I want to pull something Robert Crumb and Linda Berry and mm-hmm. a web comic and sort of that approach? There was a, a really great book that came out in 2016 um, from uh, Palgrave Macmillan called The Greatest Comic Book of All Time. Um, and it was by uh, Bart Beatty mm-hmm. and Benjamin Wu. And oh. each chapter is an argument mm-hmm. for a different oh. comic book. Oh, that's awesome. Because they keep on basically changing the criteria. Yeah. They keep, you know, moving the goalposts. So just even looking at re- refreshing myself with the table of contents is the greatest superhero. Co- uh, excuse me. Is the greatest comic book of all time. Mouse by Art Spiegelman. A short story by Robert Crumb. A superhero story by Jack Kirby, written by Alan Moore, The Cage by Martin Vaughn James, something by Rob Liefeld, an Archie comic, one not by a white man, (laughs) Persepolis, Dave Sim Cerebus, or Hicksville. And I mean, mean, each chapter, they're relatively sincere in making the argument for that one to the exclusion of all others. It's a great book. See, that's a course right there. A course could be, let's just read all those books. And that's the textbook for that course. So you're saying we're done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. I'm glad we solved that. We've resolved nothing. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
<laughs> no, but what is our course? Yeah. Dave, you asked me before the show started, is this an undergrad course, a grad course, or a high school course? I'm going to say undergrad just because that's what right. I happen to be teaching. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it just seemed like intro, sophomore, senior. Sound fair to everybody? Yes. Okay, let's yeah. throw in a few more assumptions then. Let's uh, assume that we're at a relatively well-endowed university that has some uh, liberal leanings. And I only throw that out there because how else are you going to get Robert Crumb into the mix if you want I don't it? tell anybody. Well, it's going to show up in the bookstore, yeah. right? I mean, it's going to... No. No. I've never taught an entire book by Crumb. I have taught individual, you know, short stories from yes. uh, by Crum and and Kaminsky from like women's comics, random stuff that they did as a couple. I've t- so yeah, the, I mean, this, is, this is another issue that we didn't even touch on yet. But like accessibility of some yeah. of mm-hmm. these comic books mm-hmm. is yeah. an issue when yes. you're signing them. Yeah, and absolutely. Also, um, cost because that's my problem. I mean, if you're even in a 10 week course, if you're trying to sign one book a week, that price tag adds up yeah. fast. Yep. 20 bucks yeah. a graphic yeah. novel. It, it is, yeah. it is still hard. cheaper than a chemistry um, textbook. But. Very yeah. true. <laughs> and more, and more fun. fun. And, and I, I, I said that's but, first day of class. This is probably cheaper than that chemistry textbook, and you might actually want to keep some of these. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will go with that. Liberal enough school to not lose our job. <laughs> If okay. we if we assign if we assign something vaguely pornographic yeah. or yes. violent, well, or, I'm I, I'm doing a class this semester called uh, Cancer in Comic Books, and I'm mm-hmm. looking at depictions of cancer in graphic novels. And I mean, there are ones that I can go to and not sweat the bookstore mm-hmm. ordering, such as Our Cancer Year by Harvey mm-hmm. Picar and, and Joyce Bravener, or something, right. The Death of Captain Marvel, of you Captain know, Marvel, yeah. but when I want to include something like the story of my kids, <laughs> right, or... Um, uh, or man, I just ordered that actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> there are some provocative ones out there that are still important, but you do have to be able to read not just your student audience, but also your administrative audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say we ignore that problem. It is a, it is a real problem. Which problem? The cost? The, the, no, the accessibility? No, the, 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 the well, I think, I think we should, I think we should keep cost and accessibility in mind. I don't, I, so I would never, Again, I'm teaching sexuality in comics right now. I am not. First off, it's not very good, but I but I would never force anyone to buy Lost Girls by Alan Moore. I bring it in and I show them. I I let them page through it because I think it's important and notable enough that they should be aware of it. But that's a very expensive book that is not very good. So I think we should we care about cost and accessibility. I certainly and, you know, we certainly can't just say action comics number one is on is on the list and you must buy it you must buy you know if you give it to me when you're done you get an a so and i retire um but if you give me lost girls when you're done you'll also get an a really have you read it <laughs> oh you were supposed to read it oh okay <laughs> have you looked at it <laughs> it's interesting to have if you study sexuality in comics for a living which yes. i do yes. it's interesting i will i will give it interesting <laughs> that's as far as i'm willing to go um, i like reading it i like reading it as you know league of extraordinary gentlemen the yeah. lost chapters i believe it's yeah. in the same world <laughs> yeah. why not so i think we should assume that we can assign anything we want, but I think we should assume it's got to be reasonable that a college student Have could access and, and yeah. find it and buy it. 
With the sexuality, um, uh, Mag, so. I'm curious. So last winter I taught uh, Julie Moreau's uh, Blue is the Warmest um, Color. Is that, uh, yeah, I'm my students, that, yeah. I mean, it's pretty explicit. Uh, it was, and it created a lot of really interesting conversations with the students. Uh, Washington and Lee is a fairly conservative school. That's an understatement, actually. It's a conservative school. Mm-hmm. Uh, English majors tend to be um, a little less conservative, but um, that was that was an interesting moment in the class. Uh, you know, when they were um, dealing with this um, yep. sexual content, uh, and it was very useful. It was a, it was a. It was a it was a good book to teach. I think, as, uh, sexuality aside, it's um, it's also yeah, it's, yeah, it's really really good. It's really good. That's one of the ones on on the list. It's on. It was on last time I did it, and it's on this time as well. I have a little more leeway because I I pitched this class specifically. I call it sex, violence, and comics. And yes, I teach at a Catholic university, but the wow. course is called Sex, Violence, and Comics. This is what I mean. There is an assumption of what this content is going to be, and I basically, when they asked me to do a comics course the first time, I said, "Can I do whatever I want?" I asked. I asked our, our department head, and he's like, "Sure, do whatever you want." And I said, "I'm saying this is me. You know me, and I'm saying, can I do whatever I want?" And he's like, "Don't just you know, essentially." Don't cause any trouble. <laughs> trouble. So I was careful about it. But on the other hand, and again, things that I didn't make them buy, but that I gave them a copy of, I gave them a PDF of Tom of Finland. You know, so that's as graphic as you're possibly going to get. But this was in I was doing mm-hmm. the his, the history of sexuality in comics, and mm-hmm. there is a cultural mm-hmm. moment where gay comics come to presence. Yeah, that you need to address them appropriate warning ahead of time. I mean, I, I I've done that in yeah. all my classes. You're you're going to encounter images and ideas in here that you're probably going to find offensive. Learning yeah. how to deal with <laughs> learning how to deal with that is part of the process. Mm-hmm. And that was the disclaimer, you know, almost a trigger warning on the yeah. entire class. But you know, it's it was a this is going to be uncomfortable for you. And to be fair, and I teach this out of a joint appointment in the English department and our women's and gender studies department. So the the kids who are majoring and going to take this course are going to be a little more, you know, a little more liberal minded yeah. and forgiving of this kind of material to begin with. So are we doing a specific- <laughs> what class are we teaching again? <laughs> well, that's, that's the question. That's what I was going to say. Are we doing are we doing like an inch, just an intro to comics, an intro to, you know, to graphic novels? Are we are we doing a history? And I don't know, just a lit study. Are these I mean, and, and one more possibility here. Are we doing the great works? I mean, because I don't necessarily know that intro lines up with great works. I don't think it um, does. I, I, and right. I mean, I think for instance, as much, as much as I love Lewis, the warmest color, that's not, you know, if, if we're doing the great works, then the four things that I mentioned originally, now we're getting towards a canon and they just all sort of have to be there. Mm. Like I, you know, like I don't teach mouse in my current class because it's not as relevant for the history of sexuality in comics as as Watchmen is. Watchmen has very specific things in it. Mouse is one of my favorite comic books of all time, but it doesn't, you know, I just can't make it work there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you guys no, think? I think my course might be literally called Intro to Graphic Narratives, but I'm going to, as I think I've already said, avoid the <laughs> entire historical angle. And 
And actually ignore the whole idea mm-hmm. of, a, of a canon as well. I might actually have to rename it contemporary comics or something along those lines, because I find that that is where yeah, yeah. my attention is going to anyway. And I might just sort of focus on that. A course that, that has like the, you know, the, the four major texts that you named, I wouldn't want to teach a class that had those four books on it. I like each one of them. I think they're wonderful, but mm-hmm. that's somehow that isn't the course I'd want. I find myself much more attracted to um, graphic yeah. novels that have been published really in just like the last couple of years. <laughs> in other words, Wayne, your current job sucks. <laughs> I, I, I inherited it. <laughs> well, and, 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 and I mean, to, to address that, if, if I had been given the opportunity to just design this whole cloth, I, I would pick some of the different, some different mm-hmm. books than the ones I end up doing. It just, I had three weeks and some of the preliminary yeah. work was done for me. So <laughs> here I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So let, let, maybe, maybe we work backwards. I don't know how many books we need total, but I'm going to write down a section called the standards and mm-hmm. on the standards list. Definitely. We have Watchmen and Persepolis mouse and mouse and fun home. And, Oh, and I suppose also not technically a narrative in the same way, understanding comics. Right. That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> right down the class that I'm teaching. There's understanding comics and mouse. Yeah. <laughs> like and in fact, uh, when you and I were talking just the other day, that we know of, there are four comics classes being taught at random universities in Pittsburgh and, and right now. More. I mean, and that's it, how many have come to my store and said, hey, I need understanding comics for this class. And they're not in wow. my class. Right, right. And they're not in mine. And so I, I've, I've pinpointed four, maybe five specific classes using it. And they're not all comics classes. That book yeah. is used for a variety no. of things. Graphic design uses it. So essentially what this means is it is currently at this moment impossible to buy a copy of the book Understanding Comics yeah, in the city true. of Pittsburgh. Every bookstore is sold out. <laughs> that's true. Scott McCloud yeah, is doing true. just fine ever since he wrote Understanding Comics. He's a really nice yeah. guy, too. If you've, if you've ever met him, he's great. Yeah. He is super nice. Yeah. Delightful. So I don't know that they all have to be on anybody's syllabus, but I think I'm going to make a special section that I call yeah. the standards. It's going to have those five things. And then, therefore, we'll list those. Yeah. And then those don't have to be specific to anybody else's list. So we can say we're going to pick 10 books and none of them are those five, but you probably took at least two of them in addition to for your class anyway. I almost wish we could like put them in a category of like either prerequisites or Mm. I'm not going to teach these, but I'm assuming... If you haven't read them by the first day of class, you need to. Oh, can I? If if only I could do like a summer yeah. reading list. Yeah. Or, or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone should be up to this level. You cannot ride. You cannot get aboard the yeah. ride without having read Understanding Comics, Watchmen, Mouse, and Fun Home so, Persepolis. So you wanted to teach the three hundred level course, and that was yeah. all covered in yeah. the one hundred level yeah. course. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So new rule three. It, it is a it is a three hundred level lit course. Okay. You know we're we're narrowing down on these and. The 200 level course had okay. Watchmen, Persepolis, Mouse, Fun Home, and Understanding Comics in it. Fair, fair okay. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Good. We're done with those. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Can I say one nice thing, though, about that list? Yeah. Can I just say one thing there? Yeah. It is not Lily White and it's not yeah. all men. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it includes a, a Jewish man of a Holocaust survivor family. It includes a uh, expatriate uh, Iranian woman if, uh, living in France. It includes an, a, a lesbian woman from uh, th- that resides in yeah. America. I'm just saying it is sort of an, 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 an a Brit. crazy Brit. Um, crazy ma- magic yeah. using Brit. Yeah, and a, yeah, and a, and a crazy, crazy using Brit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to just give us a quick nod to, hey, if that is accidentally a canon or a minor canon or prerequisite, we're not starting off with all the dead white men. And maybe it's a different show where we talk about where canons come from. But one of the things that's interesting about the canon of comics, as it were, is that comics as a legitimate field of study is relatively new. And Mm -hmm. comics as a legitimate field of study having a canon is recent enough that I I think if people were teaching these classes in 19, well, they weren't written yet, but in 1963, you would have a lot more white people on this list. There was a, you know, people are really doing this now. And because of the cultural moment we live in now, there's a dedicated effort to teach. Well, Mouse won a Pulitzer, but Fun Home and Persepolis, you know, two Mm -hmm. comics written by women, both of whom are othered in some way. Yes. Yeah. I think there is a very specific push by people like ourselves to say, well, you know, yeah, really. we should be reading Fun Home. And by the way, it's great. Fun Home, I think, legitimately belongs on a, on a list of, you know, one of the greatest comics ever written. It's amazing. I, I just recently reread it. And I mean, and I'm not saying we should pat ourselves on the back for this. And I certainly don't subscribe to tokenism either. But there just is something reassuring sure. about the fringe medium of comics, I'm putting that in quotes when I say it, (laughs) that the fringe medium of comics isn't just defaulting as other media could to immediate patriarchy Mm -hmm. or immediate heteronormativity Mm -hmm. or immediate uh, Americentricism. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we're going to have some. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's true. Okay, so if we're going with a 300 level course, Mm -hmm. then is it going to be more targeted than just a general intro like Dave's comics and cancer class or Mav's sex and violence and or gender issues or something like that, or even like in historical perspectives? Or, I mean, this after an intro class, I would expect an advanced version of the class. So, I mean, if if we presume there was a 100 level intro to uh, graphic narrative. Is this just advanced graphic narrative? <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's easier to do that than yeah. to agree okay. on a targeted class. Okay, so I've got my syllabus here that I just kind of grabbed and just to give you an example, because they were all specifically focused on the connection of sex and violence in comics uh, and sex, violence and gender. I should be very more specific. Mm-hmm. In addition to understanding comics, I'm having them buy Sin City Hard Goodbye, Contract with God, mm-hmm. Fun Home, mm-hmm. Batman the Killing Joke, um, mm-hmm. Lewis the Warmest Color, Watchmen, mm-hmm. I Kill Giants, Bitch Planet Volume 1, and mm-hmm. and this is my weird one, Green Arrow the Longbow Hunters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So unless I'm doing this class specifically... I cannot justify Green Arrow, the Longbow Hunters on most syllabi. Right. And by the way, I love it. And one of the reasons I picked it is because it is a better 
story than killing joke, which I appreciate for many, many reasons. But I personally enjoy it more. And I think it makes a better introduction into a conversation Mm -hmm. about women in refrigerators, which you specifically have to have in my course. But that doesn't necessarily belong in in every course. So I think that we were probably better off doing one that's, you know, exactly that. The advanced version of, you know, this is comics too. Okay. Okay. I can agree to that. No. And uh, are we sticking strictly American produced publications? I don't think we should, but I don't know. I think we could just limit it to uh, those things that are available in English. That's fair. Because and true. And is so that we're speaking to a a certain market, but not a certain geography. Okay. So since we started with uh, nominal canon, building off that, I would think that Linda Berry would be the next canonical name. And I personally would go with 100 Demons, though. I I can Mm. believe that. Mm -hmm. I like 100 Demons, too. So I would actually move the canon from four to five. Oh, so you'd move her into standards. Oh, wow. Mm. That's interesting. (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, no, you're wrong. No, no, not you're wrong. (laughs) <laughs> not, not you're wrong, um, sure. but um, I don't. I don't think as much as I love Linda Berry, she has the same. Um, uh, her works have the same permeability mm-hmm. as the other oh, ones yeah, right. we listed. Right. 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 Because we include an understanding on the on the in the canon too. Right. No. No. Even even including yeah. that. Sure. I think she should definitely put, be part of this advanced class. I, I am not making any argument against that or against the quality of her work. But I don't know. I feel like that's kind of pearls before swine if thrown into the into the the one hundred level assumption. I, I I'm, I'm going to excerpt that. I'm probably I'm, there too. I'm doing a section on like short excerpts from a lot of the autobiographical memoir stuff. So a short piece from Crumb and a short piece from Joe Matt and a short piece from Chester Brown. And and I was going to do something from, from 100 Demons as an introductory to we're going to be doing Fun Home, we're going to be doing Persepolis, we're going to be doing Mouse. You know, how does you know, the, the whole idea of autobiography and memoir and comics, but mm-hmm. I wanted to give some short pieces as a sort of introduction mm-hmm. to that. So I planned on including her in that, but but the, the the whole book hadn't really occurred to me, at least in, in the class I'm I'm currently doing. I'm putting her on the list as a definite contender for certainly for this course. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel weird about arguing that she's in the standard because in my mind, the 200 of course definitely includes the five that we talked about and probably three or four other books that we don't necessarily need to pick. Right. And, and I think comics mm-hmm. two, yeah. which is which is what we're we're developing here, mm-hmm. assumes that you've read at least the five books that you have to for comics one. And I think Linda Berry definitely fits here. I think she could slide into a Comics 1 course, but I think she's definitely viable for a Comics 2 course. I think she needs to be there in one of them. It would be personal preference of the instructor as to which one you'd put her in. That's fair. I I agree with that. But I'm definitely writing her down. So that's a possibility. Since we're saying Linda Berry and, you know, we're sort of... uh, attaching our own favorite Linda Berry work to her name. Do you think we should be discussing other creators instead of other titles? Like, for instance, I want to say Neil Gaiman. I want to say <laughs> mm-hmm. Grant Morrison. Or I, I want to say, you know, personal favorite, uh, Carla Speed McNeil. But when I name those creators... Right. I then get really flexible yes. about yeah. which titles of theirs to include. So I actually have a very specific point with 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 exactly that. Before I um, actually went back to grad school, when I was thinking about it, Wayne and I had a discussion, and we were talking about 
you know, if you were, and I, I think this is before you'd ever actually taught yeah. a comics class yeah. either. And we were, you know, if you were going to, if you were going to create a syllabus for a comics class and, you know, and just a, an introduction to comics, you know, essentially the discussion we're having right now. And one of our specific things was you probably can't do this without, without Neil Gaiman. Like you, you, you need to draw, like he needs to be represented in some sense. And then the question became, what do you teach? Well, the obvious right. answer is Sandman, except that there is no arc of Sandman that I, I believe yeah. stands alone. Maybe the first one and it's not yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, fir <laughs> the first one does not represent what that series becomes. Um, right. Well, what if you avoid an arc entirely? What if, um, I mean, my first introduction to Sandman and I'm, I'm really pleased that this is what I mm -hmm. first ran into was one of the collections yeah. that was all short mm -hmm. pieces. Like, dream, dream. Was, uh, I think dream it was, it wasn't periods and nocturnes. It was, uh, yeah. yeah, that yeah. has the, yeah, that's one of the that. Shakespeare story and it's the Midsummer Night's Dream story. That, that yeah. won the award. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I also, also the think the cat just if Africa, you're doing but... short pieces rather than whole graphic novels, the, the story Ramadan issue 50s, that stands alone. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But right. this also gets into the right. trouble again of access. Like how do we get yeah, them right. just well, the yeah, at that individual well, I mean, At that point, I think you're essentially giving them a PDF because there's just no other way of doing it, which is what, mm -hmm. which is, which is how I, like if I, if I want to do a random um, Tom of Finland story. That's what I do, and like, good luck you, finding you, you otherwise. Don't send them to the know, porn so. store to buy that. No, I mean, so not, it's, I, I, again, it's, I can it's, it's, so there is one just down the street from Duquesne. Come on, uh, <laughs> I'm sure. I just want to actually go back and and specify that it was uh, that okay. was actually Fables and Reflections yeah. oh, okay. that I was oh, okay. first introduced to, and it was the perfect yeah uh, okay. sampling mm -hmm. platter you know, of, of Sandman. And I could connect then to bigger storylines after that. So if I had to teach what represents Sandman for me, that's what I would go for. Unless, uh, more recently overture. hangs I, I, together. I, I, I don't know that it works without having read the previous 10 volumes. Yeah. Right. Well, so yeah, what yeah. I use, if I had to do that, my answer would be death, the high cost of living. And, mm. and it is the one book that I feel represents what Sandman was, but you don't need to know anything going in. Yes, those characters all That's appeared before, but you know, it is a self-contained story where Ever. death in the guise of Dee Dee, you know everything that you need to know about her from page one through page whatever. So that's the one I use. Now, is it as mystical or magical TM as Sandman becomes? No, but thematically, I feel like it An odd one works. here. So the, and this is an interesting point that you've got an author that you want to include and you're just trying to figure out which particular piece. When you said that earlier, I thought of Dave McKean. It was like, okay, Dave McKean needs to be on the syllabus and wow, there's a, a range of um, novels mm. to select from. And McKean's and um, Neil Gaiman's first comic they did together was Black Orchid. Um, it's an interesting comic. It's not mm. either of their... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just four issues and it was, I think, maybe 1988, 89. It captures that moment right after Dark Knight, right after Watchmen. It's beautiful. I mean, McCain's, Dave McCain's work is amazing. And it was Gaiman's entry into comics, and it was an extraordinary entry. You know, Chris, I'm really glad you said that because I also just committed 
the error that I kind of hate most amongst mm-hmm. comic scholars is I just I largely yeah. just listed off mm-hmm. writers. And so I think we have to also add in here what mm-hmm. what artists, uh, what visual artists must be included. It's a lot easier right. when we say Spiegelman or we say Satrapi because uh, mm-hmm. they're all in one auteurs. But yeah. now we're getting into more complicated territory. So if I were going to select one for McKean, uh, as much as, you know, if I was trying to include Neil Gaiman, I'd go with Black Orchid. But I think McKean's most exciting work is Black yeah. Dog. Very well known. I've not read that. It's extraordinary. It's said um, in World War one and it's about Paul Nash, a um, uh, painter um, who obviously uh, fought in World War One. Uh, it's extraordinary. I think it's Dave McKean at his best, and he's and that's a and that's a pretty high bar. So, since we're going to run into the same problem, um, how would you feel about Arkham Asylum? Yeah, I was just thinking that since Grant Morrison doing a, finding a, a one-off for Grant Morrison yep, is yep. going to be its own yeah, challenge. Yeah, that'd be too. another uh, nice combination. Yeah, I uh, strongly agree. For another, for another artist um, who's also a writer, and McKean is a writer as well, but uh, a creator who begins as an artist and then becomes a writer, Dave Mazzuccelli has to be on the list somewhere. Oh, Asterius Pollock was amazing. I mean, his, um, his, his adaptation of um, City of Glass yeah. is a possibility, but um, and so is Year One, frankly, Batman Year One. But I, I agree. It's yeah, I. Mm-hmm. Your one's on the syllabus. I think is uh, polyp. Is a, a serious polyp. I think is the one to pick. That's the that's the one I would pick. Like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Something that yeah, you don't no, want it turning into the Batman yeah, right, class, right? Right? right. Like, really? Everyone <laughs> takes a turn at Batman yeah. class. I think you legit could do a class. I think you could do a class. Everybody takes, yeah, mm-hmm. everybody takes a shot oh, at Batman. Yeah. Where else am I going to teach speeding bullets? <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I'm just thinking. Yeah, might have to do another episode again. You know what? What is the Batman syllabus? Because I think there's a couple of films. In- yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think it includes all the media. Something I, I had to include in mine, and this this comes out of just something that I've been you know, personally into in love with for 30 years. I had to include some Love and Rockets. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank yes. you. And and that has the same problem of here's a 30 year narrative. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, just assigning them the girl from Hoppers <laughs> doesn't make a whole lot no, of sense. No, it does not. So I've picked a couple. Yeah, I've picked a couple of stories, and like Mav, I, I have PDF copies. That I'm just going to distribute rather than have them buy a twenty dollar graphic novel for the forty page story I'm going to do. <laughs> twenty um, bucks. We just want you to read Death of Speedy. <laughs> just. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but that was something that I, just, I feel they are so significant in so many ways, um, and and I just I had to include it. That was one of the ones I definitely swapped out from the previous syllabus. Excellent. Um, one that I was thinking about, I was just running through what comics we talked about over on the protagonist podcast. And one that stood out that ever since we did it, I can't stop thinking about yes. is Tom King's uh, yeah. division. Yes. I'm trying to remember yes. that yeah. it was on like that one, that. but that would absolutely hold up to rigorous scrutiny. Uh, yes. A lot of different angles mm-hmm. from which you could approach and it. I, and that's one where it's two volumes and it really shouldn't be. I think that there is a single volume now that Marvel put out too. I think I'm, I own every issue and I own the two trades and I, I, if there were a hardbound cover, you know, coffee table version, I would buy it. That is a, that is a phenomenal story. Mm-hmm. Let's see. It's Since uh, we're, Hernandez Walta is the yeah. artist. Gabriel, Gabriel Hernandez Walta. Since we're, um, you know, we're doing a good deal with superheroes here. I feel a little obligated at least to ask, is there any English language manga that needs to be, in in this course, I mean, 
uh, Akira is legendary, but again, it's a massive series. More recently, something like all, Death all Note. some volumes Sorry? of Naruto. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> Or, uh, <laughs> right. I mean, do we have? Is it Full Metal Alchemist? Also yeah. I, have, I avoided manga in my current class for well, for two reasons. One, I was largely staying American, and with 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 a little bit of deviation. Obviously, uh, you know, I've got I've got Blue Swarm with Scholar, which is French. I've got Watchmen, which is technically not American, but for all intents and purposes, it is. But also. The more I work with manga, the more I think of it as so much its own thing. That said, mm. Lone Wolf and Cub is a brilliant achievement. And yet, yes. again, I don't know. Well, see, Lone Wolf and Cub on one, on one hand is a brilliant achievement if you have all 87,000 issues or whatever, whatever it is. On the other hand, to just get the concept of it, pretty much any given issue will give it to you. It doesn't, yeah. it, it almost doesn't matter. I don't have a, a specific manga volume on my syllabus this semester. And some of that is my own just admitted unfamiliarity. While I've read some, I, I simply don't feel qualified to talk about any of them in any real depth. Right. And, and, I, and, I, and I address that with my students just straight up. Like some of them have probably read more manga than I have. So mm-hmm. because it does have its own set of conventions and sort of its own representations that are that are separate i mean not not that it's completely different but and i and i right. just have passing knowledge from years of watching the panels on various manga mm-hmm. at, at at pop culture mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry throwing that plug in does this complicate the problem or simplify it if we were to look at something like mm. Scott Pilgrim, which is manga inspired, but yeah. Canadian born and bred. Well, and that's and the manga influence on on so many American mm-hmm. comics. I mean, you, that was there in Wendy Peeney's Elf Quest from very early on from an artistic mm-hmm. style. And, 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 and that that's a book that I, I dearly love and and. You considered adding to the syllabus, but eventually I didn't. And, and if you're, but if and if you're going to do that, I mean, like again, I'm not sure. We never, we still haven't figured out exactly what our theme is. But if you're going to talk about manga, then I think you also have to address a long, at, at the very least, a long French tradition with with yes. um, asterisks yeah. and and mm-hmm. ten ten yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, it'd yeah. be weird not to do Tintin if yeah. we're bringing in yeah. manga, you know, manga and what, like, what are some of the, the touchstones of world's right. comic literature. All right. You've convinced, you've convinced <laughs> yeah. me we're going too well, far afield well, to, to have to maybe Maybe, you know, Comics 200 is, um, you know, Advanced? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, or, yeah world, comics two fifty is world comic lit. You know, it's it's the next course after this, and because I don't know, I don't know how you make that. I mean, I I always hate artificial deviations like that, and it happens in grad courses a lot. In grad courses, you'll have you know six hundred level course, which will be American poetry, and then another 600 level course will be 20th century poetry from around the world. <laughs> you know, it, it is so American centric centric, but yeah. it's, but it's a weird thing to do. I don't, I don't know how else to do it in that. I like, I don't know how to, you know, address how important it is to deal with 1010 and like 1010 is a course in and of itself. Yeah. So that, that's coming back to the history model and it's just now world history. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's hard because there's so many texts and you would then feel the need to bring in right. to create that history. 
So yes. I would include the manga, not because it's a manga, but because there's uh, something overwhelmingly compelling about a specific work. Mm-hmm. Well, and if we're doing if we're doing from a historical perspective, then do we have to start considering stuff like Yellow Kid or Gasoline Alley or Little Nemo right, in Slumberland? Right. Oh, I would absolutely make an argument for Little Nemo. That's fair. It's but, not just because yeah, I, it's historical, I'm, I'm, but it's also just because I love Little Nemo. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm I'm gonna do a really brief bit on Crazy Cat before we read right. Mouse just to talk about anthropomorphics. This is. I think we've just revealed the truth of building <laughs> building Sylvai. This one's historically significant, and I love it. Yeah. So that's the there, one. There, some, someone asked, and not in my comics course, but someone asked in in uh, just a general freshman lit course that I was teaching. Why are we reading this book? And I said, because I like it. That's the only re- when you teach right a course, you can just make decisions like that. Now, sometimes there's there's things I love, but I I realize I. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to take the challenge and other times yeah. not like my, my intro to fiction class. They can't, I mean, if I'm lucky, one person likes Bartleby. Ooh. And so Ooh. sometimes I just let it go because yeah. I think, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to fight that fight this turn. <laughs> You know, Nicole, when, when someone asks me to read to. Bartleby the Scrivener, yes. do you know what I tell them? Well, I would I prefer, prefer not to. Yeah. I prefer not to. Right, I have another name for the probably canonical list. Okay. Which Chris mm-hmm. Ware? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I've been mm. thinking about Chris Ware. Nice. He definitely needs to be addressed. Which one, though? I kind of you know, feel like it has to be Jimmy yeah. Corrigan. Yeah. yeah. Only because it's... It, it, it demonstrates his skills so well, but is I the think, least I think what unwieldy. we're looking at here is it, so we're, we're looking at the exact same problem that you have when you if you teach a 200 level any kind of lit course and you're and you're going, mm-hmm. we need to pick a book from Fitzgerald and we're only picking one. Yep. All right. I guess it's Gatsby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. 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 I, I prefer the side yeah. of paradise, but that's not the right answer. No. <laughs> and, and it's, and that's, I mean, that's the, you know, <laughs> teaching Hemingway old man in the sea. It is <laughs> that, that, like, I think that's, I think that's what happens. No way. Mm-hmm. Feels like white elephants. Can you imagine teaching building stories? Can you imagine trying to even put your mm-hmm. arms yeah. around that in the classroom? Well, and, and this is part of what builds canon is is it becomes the this is the one that gets taught right even with the standards that we picked you know crazy though he may be alan moore has had a wide and varied career with many many things and like mm-hmm. yeah, that was such a great introduction to Alan Moore. Like, I knew exactly who you were talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, it had to be either him or Grant. Crazy yeah. though, and well, yeah, or, or and, Grant. Yeah. But like, it, it's not like you can just pretend Watchmen's not there. You know, like mm-hmm. and uh, but V is better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for my sex violence in comics class, I'm teaching Watchmen and I'm teaching Killing Joke because I wanted to do. I, I needed to lead into my refrigerator's conversation, and so. I don't have Promethea and I don't have From Hell. Not because they're not good, but because I could not <laughs> right. just justify a third Alan oh, no, Moore no, text. No. 
Just just real quick, Mav, I think for any listeners who aren't as inside baseball into the graphic novel world as we are, when you just said I need to teach the killing joke to lead into my refrigerator conversation, some listeners of this podcast might have been a little yeah. confused. Uh, women in refrigerators is just a, it's basically to the two second version. It's from a Green Lantern story when Kyle Rayner was introduced. The villain was trying to motivate Kyle to fight him. And so he killed his girlfriend and stuffed her in the refrigerator. Gail Simone was the one who named this as a particular trope, women in refrigerators, with the death and or abuse or rape or whatever of female characters solely as a plot device to affect male characters, not as anything motivating for the female characters. And Killing Joke is often pointed out fairly (laughs) as one... Yes. As one of the definitive, as one of the definitive <laughs> examples of that, and I use that rather than the one that it's named after. I actually show them the panels mm-hmm. from that Kyle Rayner story, but I just feel like it's not standalone enough to do the Kyle Rayner story. So I do Killing Joe, and for this class, I feel like I need it. So that means I'm out of Alan Moore space. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I, I chose not to do Killing Joke because I am doing Watchmen. Didn't want to do two Alan Moore books, so that hence year one. <laughs> have we have we hit our superhero limit already? If we're talking about space, because there is one I want to nominate. Nothing's definite yet. Yeah, I want to nominate the first volume of Ms. Marvel. No normal yes. run my in my class. The yeah. current run with a. Yeah, G. Willow Willow Wilson. Wilson. Yes. I, w- I want to say that I think it, 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 at least in terms of the superhero genre, but maybe in terms of a yep. snapshot mm-hmm. of America in the mm-hmm. 21st century, it's one of the best. It, it, it's kind of um, showing the best mm-hmm. of popular comics. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. I have no qualms mm-hmm. there. And not only is it strong writing, so many of these on our list and, and the bias towards um, comics is comics as literature instead of comics as art, which I think is problematic and is something that's going to yes. change over the next decade or two. That comic is an example of where the art is as good as the writing. I agree. And you can't say that about. Yes. Wow. Can you not say that about Watchmen? And I don't have anything against Gibbons, um, but he was simply doing the um, house style of the decade. And as art, Watchmen's okay, um, but as art, mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel's actually really pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm having that Obi Wan moment where I'm hearing ten thousand voices <laughs> scream out. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Gibbons fan, and my pushback like would be, yeah, my, understand me, but he was well, no, but, he was working. This is actually not even a comment on Gibbons um, as an artist. Gibbons was working in a specific style and actually it was well adapted to the content and I'm not critiquing it, but that style is a very limited style. It's a very specific style. It's about the history of superhero comics more than it's about art. Right. I think, I think Watchmen, I think Gibbons point parts of Watchmen are innovative in his ability as a designer and storyteller mm-hmm. and how much he packed into the panels. But the, but the specific visual style is very much indicative of DC house of 1985. Right? That is absolutely true. Yeah. 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 Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Which yeah. was part of the yeah. point too. So if we're talking about, I mean, going back to the idea of like artists, then 
to me, I say something like, okay, so where are we going to throw in some Alex Ross? And if you use something like Marvels, then you get Alex and Kurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, now this is, if we're, doing, if we're doing a course on American comics, that's going to be a lot of the most notable stuff. So it, it, it's, right. it, it's just going to happen. But mm-hmm. I, I think, I think Alex Ross Marvels is, is certainly worth writing down on the short list for now. And and kingdom well and but see here's here's mm. my problem with with it i think kingdom come is a much better story i appreciate kingdom mm. come because yes. kingdom mm. come is and i shouldn't even say i think kingdom come is objectively a much better story however i appreciate kingdom come because in my head I hold 80 years of comic book knowledge mm-hmm. <laughs> that like, yeah. that yeah, I understand. Right. I understand right. what everything is referring yeah. to. I understand all the references I, right. and, and I, of stuff from Superman in 1939 and stuff from mm-hmm. Magog being cable in 1992. Like yeah. I know, I, I know that in my head yes. and I, and I construct the narrative right. and I, and I make that story work and that's what I'm intended to do. And Marvel's on the other hand, I also know the know the the um the narrative, but I don't have to because that story is telling me the narrative. Yeah. Right. And that's that's the difference. Uh, Kingdom yeah. Come's a much better story, but Marvel's I don't I don't need to know anything. It it stands alone a lot better. And I don't know since this isn't the one hundred level course, this is the the two hundred level course. I don't know what the answer is there. Do we pick the better book, or do right. we pick the or do we pick the one that's more accessible? And because on a two and level course, I don't think they all have to be accessible. I think you can you can make it challenging. Agreed. True. And I don't know. So we'll write them both down for now. Kingdom Come and Marvels, and we'll <laughs> and at the end when we go through, we'll we'll strike one of them off. <laughs> can I get um, American Born Chinese on the potential I, list? That, that's that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I have not read that, and yes. I feel, and you're not the first one. Actually, well, to be fair, I think your brother was the first one to recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think he recommended it to me, and that's when I got my hands on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Chris, you talked about you know, focusing on yeah. more contemporary works. I to, toward the end of the semester, I wanted to do the same thing. I the last full graphic novel that I'm talking about in my class is this one summer. Oh yes, right. Yeah, Tamaki. I was about to say that's another artist who's like we need her on this with somewhere at least the advanced level. Yeah. And and that one just because you know, it it already got you know a lot of press and banned books, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I, I mean, and I, I just I thought it was also really very good. Yeah, I actually prefer Skim. It's an earlier one of theirs. And Tamaki, um, the artist, um, not the writer. Um, I get their name first sometimes. Um, she has a collection of stories called Unbound, which is um, also pretty extraordinary. Yeah. I know that we're all uh, sick to death of the comics aren't for kids anymore trope that opens <laughs> every hackneyed article, but I, I would. I think it would be worthwhile to have at least one slot mm-hmm. here on a comic that mm-hmm. is for kids, that is for YA, whether that's going to be the omnibus version of Bone or it's going to be something Smart. like uh, yeah. Sisters or, or Smile. Or, uh, yeah. I like or uh, El David Peterson's Mouse Guard yeah. as well. It's really mm-hmm. Mouse Guard. Yes, like very it. good. Yeah. 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 Right, right. That's what got me thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. So is American Born Chinese, actually. I like a series called Amelia Rules. That's I don't really know if anybody else is right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is a I good series. I do know that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's one of my go-tos when people come into the store looking mm-hmm. for recommendations for a specific age group. And uh, that's what I recommend pretty frequently. I'm just writing them all down. I just think we should in, embrace, you know, um, 
show that we're not mm-hmm. uh, being defensive <laughs> in right. saying comics yeah. are literature. Look, they're very serious and adult. Um, we, we should also acknowledge, no, look, this mm-hmm. is working. Mm-hmm. There is all mm-hmm. ages and there is all age groups. Another good one for that would be uh, Sean Tan's The Arrival. Uh, oh, yeah. List. I don't know that one. That's good. I don't know that yeah. one. I don't know that yeah, one. I read it's it on my yet, list. Mate. I haven't gone to it yet. <laughs> okay, who else has the two read list that will take until you die? And even then you won't be done. It's, it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it, it, it just, I'd let just a, a stray comment here. It's just like, it, wow, it's good to be talking to like six other people who recognize all these titles when we say them. I can't decide whether or not you know, our listeners are, oh, this is fascinating. I've never heard of that. Now, one of the problems when I put out the call for comments, Wayne and I know we're going to get a lot of people asking for one thing, which by the way, is really good. And you'll note that up until this point we've none of us have mentioned it superman red sun oh yeah good yeah I mean, the answer is no or all-star superman also didn't make that hasn't been mentioned and yet. both of those were mentioned on the thing and i <laughs> don't think they show up in, cl- in the class because they're really good superman stories and unless i'm doing i think you could do yeah. a class that is everybody's take on superman just like everybody's take on batman yeah, yeah. but i don't think that ends up in the if yeah. you're actually trying to yeah. give a breath of literature of right. comics as literature i just don't think it worked i know i taught that one time at michigan state i was trying to remember i think the class was i, I was a ta for a class called the superhero in uh graphic novels and we taught red sun just to say there's this whole subgenre of yeah. what mm-hmm. if and elseworlds for these characters that have established canons i think if you do a class on the superhero i think red sun yeah. works really well yeah for exactly that reason yeah, just, it, it mm-hmm. presupposes knowledge of these characters mm-hmm. and and what is deconstructing and yeah i mm-hmm. a little survey in my class i have 34 kids in my class and less than a third of them have any real experience with comics same here which, which, which yeah Right. They say, yeah. oh, yeah, I, lo- I read comics. I love the Avengers yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like there's a, there's a third who have read some, you know, a couple. I mean, I have the couple guys who's got these mm-hmm. long boxes of comics or whatever. And some who have read you know, some of the canonical stuff in other classes or stuff that they've liked. And but I have a good two thirds who, you know, like I read something that my granddad had once. Mm-hmm. I have more kids who are fans of the show Riverdale than I have who are traditional comic fans right now. And I have no problem yeah. with that because Riverdale is the best show on television, but <laughs> <laughs> wow. it is. Whoa. And, and not, it's not the best show ever because as anyone who knows that podcast, animal is the best show of all time. The good place. <clears throat> I, I want the, I want the good place to say, hold my beer. Cheryl's not on the good place and therefore it can't be the best. <laughs> again, if it, if the good place had an animal again, yeah. Moves up a little, <laughs> and and I, I'm going to show a little mm, bit of Archie oh, comics right, before right. I talk about Love and Rocket. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, same here. I don't know that there's any definitive Archie book where you say this is no. the one that you read because it's literally I don't know. Just pick any of them from <laughs> 1940 to 1985. It doesn't yeah. matter which one. <laughs> just don't do the Robert Aguirre Casa ones yeah. for like getting a t- taste of Archie. <laughs> Those are great. If we're going into that, do we need a collection of? Peanuts. Or Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, or, yeah. um, no. I, <laughs> no. No, we don't. I, I'm going to say the comic strip is a different class. I think it, I think mm, it is too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we did already say little uh, uh, Nemo and Slumberland. And I'm using a, you know, the crazy cat thing just as an excerpt to introduce the idea of anthropomorphic, mm-hmm. but I'm not really delving into crazy cat as a strip. Yeah, I don't think I would ever make them. I, I, think I actually do the same thing with crazy cat. I have them read 
I think a strip, maybe two. I have them read an article that talks about Harriman, <laughs> but I don't actually make them buy a book on, right. on crazy cat. I just yeah. give them a couple of JPEGs. So yeah. and, and, and that's the extent of what I'm stuff that I love, but I think now we're getting super inside for, <laughs> for which is the show, but the, com- the comic strip is a different media form than the comic book more so than the comic book and the graphic novel are different. I yeah. think the comic book and graphic novel share more in common than yeah. the comic book and the comic yeah. strip. Oh, definitely. This is the 600 level course where you talk about the structural difference. Particularly from the 1950s on. I've got a list of like six titles left that I wouldn't advocate too strongly for any of them, but I would want to advocate a little bit for all of them. And yeah, go through the list, Chris. Just, you know. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, Blankets, Charles Burns, Black Hole, yep. Adrian Tomine, and there you've got a couple choices, but I think I would go with his more recent um, Killing and Dying. We don't have a Will Eisner, and I have an odd soft spot for Life on Another Planet. Richard McGuire's here, I think needs to be on this list and now here i know i know people aren't going to know this one because this is really very new but Gigi, she has a series of um short works but last year she published her first full-length graphic novel called i'm not here and i think it's one of the best things out there and i would also uh, make a pitch for miriam okay. um again not a well-known one but um she has a collection called tour to hot Jew. i think it's fantastic yeah i just i find the, the new new stuff just so exciting there's every month i swear something comes out from drawn and quarterly or from um, a couple of the other um, smaller presses like that. That's just exciting. There's, um, there's such new exciting stuff. Coming out. Yeah. Well, well, those of us who have done this for so long, I mean, we've seen so many variations on the superhero yeah. and autobiography and whatever that, yeah, it, it's really great seeing this, this new kind of stuff come out. Well, to add, and this is actually now, I guess it's a couple of years old, but my thing that would be added to this list would be the other Actually, I should say, you know, everything that McLeod's done is great. And yet yep. understanding is what he's known for. And, and Wayne and I have both mm-hmm. used Zot. But the answer that I would go for here mm. is Sculptor, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I like the Sculptor a lot. I have to admit to have not read so, it yet. I have not read that one yet either. I remember when it came out and thinking, yeah, oh, I need to read that. Is. And then and life exactly. happens. <laughs> yeah. It's I, very big. Yeah. It's very big. I've, I've been a, a McLeod fan since... I, Zot. I mean, since the early days, and uh, and so I was really excited to see him doing something that wasn't understanding comics, making comics, whatever. So I <laughs> I read that really, really soon after it came out, and I and I just some of the other people here in town who do some comic scholars work and, and people whose opinion I respect really didn't like it at all for reasons I can't quite <laughs> wrap my head around. Those people are my friends, and they're all wrong. <laughs> yeah, and and that's it. They're, they're friends. Some of them are listening to the show. <laughs> You're wrong. Uh, and. And, you know, two or three years ago when I was first thinking about doing a graphic novel class, it was one of the ones I I considered. Um, Once again, it didn't make this list. If I was doing the class entirely on my own, if I ever get the chance to do this again, it might. Possible. Oh, I will forever and always um, nominate a contract with God and other tenement stories. Yeah. Historical significance. Mm -hmm. And also I think half of it is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I'm doing that next week. And some of it is purely from the, the historical significance of it. And I, you know, one of the questions I, I want to get into with them is, is it good or merely significant? And the answer is, yeah. Half, half yeah. one and half yeah. Yeah. Yes and no, right? I feel pretty okay. strongly that both good and significant and both modern and historical, all of the above, uh, it, it would be March. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Lewis's March 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. I just had that mm-hmm. down on my yeah. list of when I do my quick hits. Like, oh, what about this? That so. one just, I mean, if we keep calling out Mouse for winning the, the Pulitzer, but March is like yeah. the 21st century Mouse or, or maybe even closer to home is the American Mouse since so much of the of Mouse is about uh, the, Euro- the European experience. Yes. And I really like what Nate Powell does with his art in that mm-hmm. one. Yes. Okay, so we have a big list. We have a bunch of stuff. And again, just assuming our standards are our standards. Let's see, is there anything anybody wants to make a strong case for removing or keeping? Linda Berry, 100 Demons. I'm a yes on that. Yeah. I think we keep that. Okay, so. Where Jimmy Corrigan keep yeah where jimmy corrigan i think i think absolutely key yeah. okay all right alex ross we got both marvels and kingdom come yeah i'm actually yeah. inclined to cut if we're burdened with superheroes i agree <laughs> yeah i think we got other superhero ones that are better okay i like it but i also would put it at the bottom of the list we got a couple of different options for neil gaiman we've got any number of possible Sandman titles. We've got him doing Black Orchid with McKean. And I mentioned Death High Cost of Living. And then for McKean, we also have Arkham Asylum with Morrison. I was pretty swayed by the argument for Death High Cost of Living. Mm-hmm. And if we're feeling overburdened with superheroes, that's a strike against Black Orchid. Yeah, yeah see, because I was going to say I was actually pretty swayed by Black Orchid, even though High Cost of Living was mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I do acknowledge the having fewer superheroes is better for given how many we had. I would go with Death, the High Cost of Living, and Arkham Asylum. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yes. I, to, for that uh, combo. Yeah, I'm going to be the outlier here, and that's fine, but I would actually let Neil Gaiman go entirely. Whole nother show. Mm. <laughs> high Cost of Living. And all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mark those. If we have more than 10, we might cut one of them. Fair. And Arkham Asylum. Okay, so we got, um, let's see. How about Mazzuccelli? Serious follow-up. Do we keep that? I think that's an absolute yes for me. I, I like that a lot. Dissenting <laughs> okay. opinions. I'm, I'm neutral. Okay. Neutral. I sign off on keeping abstain. it abstain. But I also say like <laughs> put an asterisk in case we end up with like 20. We right. got to cut some. Yep. That's uh, that's why it's first pass through. We're going to we're going to get it down to 10. Uh, this is going to hurt Wayne. I'm on Hernandez Brothers Love and Rockets. I have no idea what you'd actually use. Right. I think we need something, but I I don't know. I mean, Death of Speedy maybe, but that, that's the one I chose. But that, there's so right, many others. Death of Speedy, and that's a that's right now. That's a star. Wait, how many works do we have right now on the list? So, oh, uh, the, the entire list, like thirty. But I'm going through and just cutting up, cutting stuff off. We're, we're gonna say yes on 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 Asterius Polyp. We're gonna oh, say yes. yes on Jimmy Corrigan. Yeah, right. Yes. 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 Ms. Marvel. Yes. Oh, I want to say yes, but I also don't know how credit crowded our superheroes are. Yeah. yeah it's it, okay. Now, see, here's where I don't want to get rid of it because I'm an American born Chinese, which I've not read, but you guys have. That's a real contender. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Okay. It, it plays with a lot of just neat forms of comics. Uh, there's, okay. stru- there's structural things going on there that you can talk about that I don't see repeated in other comics. Okay. Uh, contract with God. No. I say strike it. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, 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 yeah. I think we yeah. have it there for Eisner. And is that in, uh, enough reason to have it there? Right. I like, I, I'm using it in this class, but I don't know that it's necessary for a, a higher level okay. class. We're going to strike contract with God. Sorry, Will. Kill your darling. No, see, it's weird because, you know, all of our fans are going to be mostly, you know, more. We're going to have a lot of superhero and more classic geek fans are going to be like, oh, OK, why are they all upset about this book that we've never read? But this is a huge deal to me. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly yeah. the point. Yeah. That's exactly the yeah. point. It's I, I won't say it's waning in importance, yeah. but I think we're like everyone 
else has built off of it to such a degree that what it could give other books are collectively giving us. And that's Eisner's legacy. I mean, that's a testimony to him, but. And it wasn't necessarily significant when it first came out. Right. No, it was never significant. It It accrued significance over time. Mm -hmm. Now we're looking at things that were just a couple people were talking about. So we got this one summer, we got skim, we got bone. I'm a yes on bone. No. I'm a yes on bone. Who's the, who was the no? Oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's the hour of the night of yeah. this recording talking. Yeah. Right. I, I, the problem I have with bone is the the length of it. You once again, do you just do yeah. it is yeah, like it is long volume or or the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, and I don't know which. I don't and know which. Just volume doing the great cow race. I don't know that you're really giving them what bone. I is. would I would retract bone so long as something like smiles, some other uh, some other an additional YA yeah. piece is there mm-hmm. on the list. Well, you know, I vote for Amelia Rules because I brought that one up. Okay, well, but- we got, yeah, so that was the other thing we got. So all in the same breath, we had this one summer, Skim, Bone, Amelia Rules. Mouse Guard was in there, right? Mouse Guard. Oh, Mouse Guard, too. I'd, I'd go put with Mouse Guard. Guard above Amelia Rules. Is that the one we're going with? I'm good with Mouse Not Guard. neutral towards all yep. of them. Yeah. Okay. Just I, I, I kind of like all of those with no real in, incredible strong feeling about any of them, so. Okay, then let's go with Mouse Guard. Yeah, I'm- and then we've got Chris's big list on the uh, on of you know very uh, at the very end we have like blankets black hole oh yeah well we got blankets black hole Richard McGuire here here I've not read you mentioned yeah. it but I have not yeah, read I've it not read it fair enough okay. I'm not, I'm not familiar, familiar with it. it. I, I, I would say, yeah, I would say yes to, to both black hole and blankets, but if, if we need to cut something, oh, wow. yeah, I, I, I like both. Agreed. Okay. All right. And I think those are all the ones that several people mentioned. So right now we're down to 100 demons, high cost of living, Arkham Asylum, death of speedy, mysterious polyp, Jimmy Corrigan, Ms. Marvel, American born Chinese, mouse guard, blankets and black hole. And that's 11. That's what 11. do we lose? Death of Speeding. It, it, okay. It's the shorter piece. I love that stuff, but it's you know, it's an eighty page story, not a full graphic novel. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm it's the one that you, it's the one that if we strike it, Wayne's going to give it to the, the students as a PDF anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one I was thinking of as well. That's a cheat. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so I think that's our list, uh, our, our final list of what we would teach for this class on. No, I don't, and I still don't know what the class is. It's comics too. It's yeah, advanced comics and <laughs> literature. We've got. With the, the acknowledgement that we already taught yeah. comics right. one with all right. the other right. ones. I already did Death of Speedy in that one, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> frankly, I, frankly, I probably did Contract with God, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's comics two electric boogaloo. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I want to I wanna thank everyone that we don't have Frank Miller on this. We don't have what? Frank Miller. I just want to say thank you. Oh. Strikes back. See, yeah. I, but I, I like Sin City, but it but it, but it didn't even occur to me. Yeah. I know. I know. It's not important. Yeah, it's not. It was a, a thing of the moment, yeah. but right. So it's, it's, it's historical. I teach it in my current class because it really is a thing that defines that moment of gritty realism for yeah for for yeah. sexuality at that time at the early nineties. Yeah. So. Now, but there's a lot that yeah, there's a lot that we didn't mention. Like there, there's no Sinkevich, there's no Storenko, there's no. I mean, Bitch Planet, I think, is one of the best books being published today. We've pimped it on the show before. Lumberjanes, I love. Not the the the, the guy who one of the things that was on the syllabus of the guy I inherited this from was Golden's Mighty String by James Starr. So I'm going to avoid pointing out how light we are on yeah. female right yeah. yeah. We've got mm-hmm. I mean, we've got Ms. Marvel. <laughs> And we've got Linda Berry from Hunter Demons. I think that's it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Amelia Rose, Raina Telgemeier, and and this one summer, if you know, if we 
add those in instead of you know mouse guard, mouse guard. take care of that Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's compelling to me. So which one are we sweeping yeah. in? Amelia rules. <laughs> well, that was that was the problem. Well, Amelia <laughs> rules was the one that Nicole recommended at the beginning. I'm going to go with Amelia rules. I can live with that. I could live with either one of them. Perfect. All right. So so that's our new ten, and I will list them in the show notes with links that you can go buy them at Amazon, so that you can take this class that we're never really going to teach. Perfect. <laughs> and when my book, Kismet Man of Fate, comes out in November, it'll bump sure. something off that list. Oh, absolutely. I guess Dave can have his plug first. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> well, actually, before I give you your plug, I just want to thank all of you guys for coming on this really crazy show where we've where we've just sort of done this. Yeah, this is great. Uh, oh, you know what? We forgot to say it. Wayne, do we have a do we have a class that we've working on now? I, I was wait what? <laughs> I was waiting for you to say we resolved nothing. Oh, but you no, no, you said you have a class. Yes, we've resolved nothing. So. Okay, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Wayne. But I think, but, but I think, I think it's. I think it's interesting. And you yeah. know, I think everybody, if, if you're a fan of this show and still paying attention to this craziness, I would love it if you just like tell us which of these you've read or, you know, order one and then tell us what you think. <laughs> Write us back and let us know. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, lots, just lots of good things to think about as, as this move forward. If I get the chance to do this again, just options I hadn't thought of different ways of thinking of this stuff. So that's that's been really good. Yeah. And there's on our list. I, I've not read here, but, you know, Chris speaks very well of it. So I probably I, I will now. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you all of you for being on the show. I'm just going to go down the line. Yeah. Dave, you know, where can people uh, find you and what random book that we that we mentioned should you also be reading? Oh, geez, gosh. OK, I can be found on Twitter at A.D. Lewis. I can be found on the Web at captionbox.net. And coming out in November is volume one of Kismet Man of Fate, the first oh, wow. Muslim superhero from the Golden Age awesome. of awesome. 1944. So, Nicole. What do you have to plug? PCA. The deadline for abstracts is coming up October 1st. If you want to submit to the comics area, which is, of course, the best area, although there are other ones, but, uh, you know, you can be found online. PCAACA.org is the conference site. Nicole, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Come back anytime. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see. Joe, you have something to plug. Yes, I uh, co-host the Protagonist podcast, where each week we talk about a great character and a great story. Mav, we had you on to talk about Cool Runnings a few episodes oh, ago. Yeah. I guess it was many episodes ago. <laughs> it was when the Olympics were still on. earlier this year. Oh, time passes. Yeah, the Protagonist is a great show. I love, yeah. I love that, that and, show. Uh, oh, thank you. And also you can uh, search uh, for Ages of Superman or Wonder Woman. or uh, th- These are essay collections that I've edited if you're interested in some academic work on superheroes. We will link to that as well in the show notes. And Chris, what about you? A couple books on the origin of superheroes from Iowa Press and superhero comics from Bloomsbury uh, out last year. And I've got two books um, forthcoming. Uh, what If Philosophical Thought Experiments of Superhero Comics will be out from, Blooms- uh, no, from Iowa next year. And I'm also working on a Creating Comics, a how-to book uh, that will be out in probably 2020. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Make everybody look bad. <laughs> Very cool. I try. Uh, Wayne, where can people find you? Uh, here, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, my blog, wayne which is sadly out of date 
I've recently been trying to update my blog again. You can follow me at Chris Maverick on Twitter. You can follow my blog, www.chrismaverick.com. You can follow the show at Vox Popcast on Twitter or on voxpopcast.com. If you like us, you should subscribe there. You should subscribe on Facebook. You should subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. Please write us a review. That helps people find our podcast and makes magic happen and iTunes reviews that no one understands or at least that's what I said when I've had other podcasts go, uh, host on. Joe, do you understand how iTunes reviews work? Absolutely not. See? Nope. No one does. There you go. <laughs> but it's deep magic and it makes us feel good because we are sad and bitter little <laughs> men who need your love. So please love us back. And need me. Uh, so I would also like to thank Maximilian of Thought Form Music for the epic theme song that is closing out this and every one of our episodes. And I would like to once again thank all of our guests. I would like to thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 But Aquaman, you cannot marry a woman without gills. You're from two different worlds. Oh, I've wasted my life. <laughs> <laughs>